do you consider yourself an optimist, a pessimist, somewhere in the middle? What is that? Chelsea, what do you think you are? Are you I, an optimist or a pessimist? I try very hard to be an optimist. I find pessimism exhausting and infuriating. <laughs> See, and, I, and I've, I've often looked at it as, well, if you don't expect anything to turn out well, you're never going to be disappointed. In fact, you get little <laughs> moments of bliss going, hey, I worked out better than I thought. So are you defining yourself as somewhere sort of neutral with maybe a, a lean towards pessimism? I, yeah, I think I'm centrist with a, with a lean toward <laughs> pessimism. Lord. I, would, I would argue that most of us are probably somewhere in the middle. But, you yeah. know, depending on what's going on in your life, certainly depending on the day you know maybe you lean one way more than the other yeah fair enough i think i think that's fair i think mood can sometimes depend on uh, make make an impact too as to where you're where you're at in the moment as soon as we started talking about this topic in the last half hour lauren jumped in uh with with some fascinating uh thoughts he says some call me a pessimist but i don't trust their judgment they say my glass is half empty when clearly it's no more than 40 percent I'd say I hope you two have a nice day, but odds are you won't. Enjoy the weather, but it's likely to be windy and rainy. Bye for now, <laughs> but I'll probably never hear from you again. Wah, wah, gee, Lauren, now you I think you're a little less centrist. So is that a healthy approach to be pessimistic? How much how much pessimism is actually okay and how much of it is just is just human? So we're going to talk about that right now with our next guest. He's a PhD candidate in philosophy at Western University. Ignacio Moya is joining us. Mr. Moya, good morning. Thank you so much for coming on to chat with us about this. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm fascinated by by research in this area of philosophy. But pessimism, are we talking active pessimism, where you spend each of your days just going, this is never going to work? Like, how are you looking at this? Okay, so that's a, thank you for the question. That's a, I think that's a very important question because it's a great place to start. Uh, to I think there's, a, there's an important difference to be made between what is pessimism in a philosophical sense and what is often meant by pessimism in a more colloquial, everyday, psychological perspective of what pessimism means. Okay. So it's important to make this difference because I think Chelsea sort of mentioned this in her uh, at the start, right? When she said, uh, yeah, pessimism can sometimes be a bit uh, exhausting and you're always sort of focusing on the negative side of events. But pessimism in a philosophical sense isn't so much about our personal perspective on issues. It has more to do with a philosophy about the suffering of life and what is the best way that we can deal with suffering in life. So I'm not, I, so sort of to answer your question, I, I'm sorry, I, I hope I'm, I'm getting to the point of your, your question. I'm not, it's not so much about how you deal with uh, bad events on a day-to-day -day basis. It's more about the the, the nature of existence itself in general. So are you talking about, uh, just so that we're clear on defining this, someone that you would define as pessimistic, as somebody who has that negative outlook all of the time, like no matter what, that's your approach and that's the way that you perceive everything is just with that, that pessimistic outlook? Mm, I guess it depends what we mean by negative. So in not negative... So let me put the following example. I can, you can be a philosophical pessimist, okay. as, as I am and as I do my work in philosophical pessimism. And by being a philosoph philosophical pessimism, what I'm actually saying is 
existence, not just human existence, but all of existence is always necessarily filled uh, with, you know, suffering and pain and work and toil and so on. And there are philosophical reasons for this. But that doesn't mean that in my personal life or me as an individual, it doesn't imply that I will always live with a negative attitude. So I can be a pretty positive person in my life. I can have a fairly cheerful and a sort of optimistic outlook on life and still be a philosophical pessimist. So they're not um, they're not opposed to each other. So, right, that's a, a, a difference to okay. take into account. So is philosophical pessimism a recognition that life is hard and life can suck, but you've got to figure out how to deal with it? I think uh, that's one way to look at it, yes. Uh, philosophical pessimism is, I think you, you said it, right? Life can be uh, hard. Uh, it's a hard thing to that we have to deal with uh, every day. And, it's, and, and, and I think the interesting thing about philosoph- philosophical pessimism is that it tells us that the hardships and the troubles that we face in existence aren't due, and I think this is an important thing, aren't due to any... Um, any issues on our side they're not due to failures on our part they are uh, the sufferings and the hardships that we face are due to the essence of existence itself so if we accept that then in a way it can make our lives possibly easier because it allows us to cope better with the hardships that we face so I think that's a, an important issue there. Yeah, you know, it kind of touches on what some of our texters are saying. Um, someone who call, he calls himself Big Bald Tyler, uh, he texted and he says, I, I like being a pessimist. If I expect things to go wrong, I get to be pleasantly surprised when they go right. And I'm often, I'm, I'm less often sourly disappointed. And it sort of sounds like to me, and maybe I'm taking a little bit of a leap, that this is sort of what you're saying, Ignacio, is that, you know, by understanding the reality of life as not necessarily being sunshine and roses all the time, there's suffering, there's hardships, there's wars, there's bad news, then once you accept that, you're not coming from this sort of naive, optimistic point of view? Is that is that how that it can be beneficial to be a philosophical pessimist, in your opinion? Yes, I think so, Chelsea. I think that's, that's, uh, that's right. So uh, having this, so understanding the nature of the essence of existence. These are, by the way, you know, questions that philosophers ask themselves all the time. So we deal with these issues. And when you ask yourself about the nature of existence and you accept or you you assume and you argue that uh, existence itself in its essence is always going to be about struggle and work and hardships, then yes, you can better, you are in a better position to face your day-to-day lives, possibly because, uh, or one of the reasons for this could be, um, as the the person you just mentioned before was saying, if you your expectations aren't so high, you you're in a better position to accept the bad outcomes and of as, your life. As we try to wrap our heads around these philosophical discussions and, and conversations, uh, I wonder if we end up splitting hairs over words sometimes. But Ed, Ed to me, just sort of, uh, I think, crystallizes. You tell me if you agree. Ed says, my wife calls me a pessimist. I say I'm a realist. It sounds like recognizing the reality of 
the world and our existence and all that you're you're being a realist not a pessimist uh so that, that's also very interesting because as you say we're it, it might seem like we're splitting here hairs here over words and perhaps unfortunately I, I don't know how to say it but this is some, something this is something philosophers sometimes you know do and we're criticized for that because we mm-hmm. kind of tend to you know what do you mean exactly by this word and so on so so yes if we're going to be rigorous in a sense uh you could say possibly in a colloquial sense that a pessimist is a is a realist um depending of course what we mean by uh, realism because if by realism we mean simply accepting the fact that life is hard then yes yeah you could say that a pessimist is a realist in that sense but isn't it a slippery slope then to to define yourself as a pessimist and say okay well this is okay it's okay to have this understanding of the world it does not kind of give you license to then just be that negative person that i think we we can all imagine and conjure up when we talk about pessimism right so um maybe possibly there might be some people that might be might read for example schopenhauer or sartre you know famous philosophers that dealt with the issues of existence so maybe there might somebody that might read this and uh come to the conclusion that life is suffering and therefore in his or her personal life they'll become this gloomy depressive person that always is in a negative mood uh, possibly, but I don't think there's a necessary connection. I mean, it doesn't have to be the case. So I personally hope, for example, that I'm not one of those people that's always in a negative mood, and you cer- there certainly doesn't have to be the case, but um, in a sense, it's possible. It just As long as we're aware that it doesn't have to be the case, you can you can be a philosophical pessimist and still be a fairly upbeat person in your daily life. Yeah. There's Ignacio, no contradiction there. When I knew we were talking about these high-level philosophical discussions at just after six o'clock in the morning Mountain Time, I was <laughs> yes, pessimistic well. about how it might go, but I am now thrilled with the uh, result and the outcome. <laughs> well, I, I have to uh, uh, thank you so much for this, and I appreciate it. And it was a great uh, discussion, Daryl and Chelsea. And I hope, uh, yeah, I hope people that are listening to this will. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be depressive or anything. So, what an, what an interesting path of of research to go down for you, Ignacio. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chelsea and Daryl, again for the invitation. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.